All right, the first full weekend of Pac-12 conference games includes three high-profile matchups. For that and more, out to the KDUS hotline we go. We're now joined the sports by Roxy Bernstein of Pac-12 Network and also ESPN. And Roxy, always good to have you. I believe I'm contractually obligated to start with Colorado. So how surprised are you? How surprised are you about Dion's team and uh, the 3-0 record so far? I'm pretty surprised, to be honest with you, considering the Bob. The thing for me was all the roster turnover, right? There was some talent there, and certainly Shadur Sanders did it at a lower level, and Travis Hunter, uh, players like that, had had some success, but they hadn't done it at this level. And for them to gel as quickly as they have, um, to come out in the first game and beat a team that was playing for the national championship just last January, and then to, to handle Nebraska like they did, uh, you know, I think they were due for a letdown, but they found a way to win last week. So now they're 3-0, and uh, but I think this is the toughest test that they'll have today going into Austin Stadium and dealing with Oregon. Yeah, we'll get into that specifically in a minute, but I've been most impressed about, you mentioned uh, all the transfers that came in. They've really resembled a team. I don't think there's too many teams that have that many new faces that look like a team right off the bat. Has there been enough talk about how well-coached this team has been through the first three games? I think that's what gets overlooked, and that's a really good point, Bob, because there's so much attention on Deion Sanders, right? And the circus that he has become in terms of surrounding that program. But I think that what gets overlooked, for example, Sean Lewis is a phenomenal yeah. coach, and he was brought in to be the offensive coordinator and they're putting up just prolific numbers. I, I think you're really on to something that gets overlooked in terms of when people talk about Colorado, whether it's the roster turnover, whether it's Coach Prime, whatever it happens to be, there's really good coaches in place. And Dion was smart in the way he assembled his coaching staff. So uh, that's the thing that will serve this team well going forward is how well coached they are. You can see the fundamentals that they have, Play calling, especially offensively, has been really good. Um, so that's one thing that should be getting more attention, I agree with you, is the staff that Dion has assembled. And for some reason, people just aren't talking about Okay. All, all that being said, we've said all the good things. Obviously, Travis Hunter <laughs> took the cheap shot last week, and he's not going to play. Even if he were playing this week, it would be much more difficult on Saturday afternoon in Eugene. So let's talk about the Ducks. Uh, they haven't exactly played the most difficult schedule, certainly not as difficult as or, as a Colorado schedule, but what stands out to you with the Ducks so far? For me, they have more depth on the defensive side. That, you know, Bo Nick's coming back. The offensive line has been inconsistent so far. Uh, but they have, I, I think their defense is a lot better than it was. They're going to get tested certainly against Colorado and Shadur Sanders on Saturday, but they've they also had to go on the road and get tested. It was not easy going to Lubbock a couple of weeks ago and winning mm-hmm. at Texas Tech, and they had to do it late. They had to find a way to get it done, and you need some of that adversity along the way. So Colorado is going into a hostile environment. I think this is the toughest place in terms of crowd. Maybe in the Pac-12, there in Utah, certainly are two of the great home field advantages we have in this conference. But I think that from Oregon's perspective, They've been tested. They have a veteran quarterback and a team that I think is ready to make a jump because I think their defense is much improved. 
And if it wasn't for Colorado's hot start, I'm guessing that the overwhelming top story in this conference would be the elite quarterbacks, uh, you know, many places. Uh, any theories as to why so many elite quarterbacks have landed at Pac-12 schools here? I think this has always been the league of the quarterbacks. You go back through the years, the elite quarterbacks, yeah. even recently, guys like Justin Herbert. You know, you go back through the years, Andrew Luck, all the, you know, Carson Palmer, Mark Sanchez at USC, Aaron Rodgers, Alex Smith. Um, you know, these schools have tended to have quarterbacks all the time. And so now I, I think it just coincided that they're all in here together. It's crazy when you look at, for example, the numbers that a quarterback like Bo Nix put up last year or Cam Rising, for that matter, has won two consecutive league titles. They couldn't even make the first or second team all league the last last year because Michael Penix and Caleb Williams were so good. It, it really is an embarrassment of riches when you look up and down the conference and the talent at quarterback, and it's just it's special to watch each Saturday. Roxy Bernstein, currently in the sports zone. Okay, you know, back to Saturday specifically. UCLA at Utah, uh, battle of top twenty-five teams there. Uh, UCLA freshman quarterback, uh, Dante Moore. I know he played at San Diego State, but he's dealing with a little different deal here with the environment in Salt Lake City and also the U- Utah defense. Is he is he ready for that, or how do you think that's going to go? We'll find out, Bob, if he's ready, because freshman quarterbacks usually don't handle it well going into Rice-Eccles Stadium. And you're going to have a full house. You're going to have a team in Utah that has – Already come up with some impressive wins going on the road at Baylor and winning. And, and with all the starters out, still found a way to beat Florida. And it's crazy. I was talking to Kyle Whittingham last week because I had Utah's game last Saturday. And mm-hmm. he was telling me he's never seen a rash of injuries like this, especially early in the season. And that's what Utah's had to deal with. Now, they could be getting healthier. There's rumors that we could see Cam Rising starting a quarterback. He hasn't played yet for Utah this year, coming off the injury from the Rose Bowl. But that would certainly change the dynamic for Utah should Rising be back. But it's a lot to ask of Dante Moore, a true freshman quarterback, going into Rice-Eccles Stadium and trying to engineer a victory. That's a really challenging task for UCLA. Oregon State and Washington State, that's actually the game I'm most intrigued about this week in the Pac-12 what must the Beavers do to record for them a rare win in Pullman? The Pac-2 championship, is that what we're calling it? <laughs> That's right, yes. <laughs> it's the two teams yeah. that are left. It's, yeah. it's interesting from that perspective, right? Because these are the last two teams standing when teams go elsewhere next year. And right now it's only Oregon State and Washington State that are staying. And here they are, both 3-0. and And you look at Washington State that has – you know, the great win against Wisconsin, we still haven't really seen Oregon State tested yet. Um, and so that's what I'm anxious to see, going to Pullman and taking on a, a really good, well-coached team by Jake Dickert at Washington State. But I have been thoroughly impressed with how efficient Oregon State has been, um, even against lesser competition. They have looked really good. and But this will be, their, without question, their toughest test to date. And I, I think they've looked as good as anybody in the conference, but we'll see how it translates when the competition gets tougher for them on Saturday in Pullman. You mentioned Washington State. You know They have the win at Colorado State. That looks better as uh, time continues here. And they're clearly the better team against Wisconsin. 
I I underestimated, I should say, Wazoo. So are you surprised they've been this good? I am because there was some turnover there, a new offensive coordinator coming in. Uh, But Jake Dickert has his two pass rushers coming off the edge with Stone and Jackson, who are very good. And we know he's a defensive coach. Um, But to to come out as impressive as they did, I thought they'd win at Colorado State, Bob, but not handle CSU the way they did. And now it's Mm -hmm. looking, as you pointed out, a lot better because of the way they played. Uh, They really should have, I thought, should have beaten Colorado on Saturday night. But it's... Cam Ward, the thing that's changed from a year ago for me to this point with the Washington State quarterback is how much more efficient he is. Last year he was prone to the bad turnover at the wrong time that would put Washington State in a bad position. He was just a little inconsistent, and I think he values the football a little bit more, and he's willing to live for another down. Last year he may try to force a pass when it wasn't there or extend a play when you just live for another down, and he's realizing that. He's maturing as a quarterback, which is why I think Washington State has looked so much better. Okay, Cal's at Washington on a Saturday night. Uh, how do you look at 2-1 Cal? Uh, with, uh, and can Justin Wilcox slow down the Washington offensive machine here? Well, okay, the good news for Cal offensively is they lead the country in time of possession. The bad news is they're like 80th in yards per play. So it's a unique combination that Cal has. They're going to have to keep Washington's offense off the field as much as they possibly can on Saturday and keep the ball away from Michael Penix. They're going to have to finish off drives if they're going to have a chance to pull off the upset. And over the years, Justin Wilcox has played Washington well. I mean, I know it's only a few years Kalen DeBoer has been in Seattle, but he just seems to come up with strong defensive schemes. Him, and his defensive coordinator, Jack, uh, Peter Sermon, with Jackson Sermon, a former Husky, playing for Cal. So I think that Cal can play in this game, but a lot would have to go right for them to be able to win this. USC, a five-touchdown favorite on Saturday night at the ASU. Uh, but considering the competition so far, do we know that USC is that much better than last year? They are pretty good last year, but do we know if they're better? We still, I don't think we know that yet, to be honest with you, because the, we, we knew how prolific they were offensively, but it was defensively that was their issue last year. And if you look at how many yards they gave up per game, how many points they gave up, the reason why they were so effective was they were generating turnovers. And that has been one of the staples of Alex Grinch's defenses over the years, wherever he's been, whether he was at Washington State with Mike Leach or you know, he was at Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley. But they forced turnovers. And that's what's got to happen for them because I still don't think they're real, that strong on that side of the ball. Now, they shut down Stanford, but San Jose State was able to move the ball efficiently against him. And so here you are with Arizona State. I don't, To be honest with you, Bob, I just don't know if we'll even have a, that much more of an understanding of USC until maybe yeah. they really reach the guts of their schedule because right now Arizona State's struggling, couldn't score last week against Fresno State, and you feel for Kenny Dillingham and what he's going through with all the injuries on the offensive line, the quarterback situation. It's a, It's been a rough go of it so far back at his alma mater. Well, speaking of that, uh, ASU certainly not, uh, one of the few not good Pac-12 stories in September here. You know, I'm, you know, I'm having discussions with people if ASU is going to win another game this season. 
Uh, how long, uh, how do we look at ASU right now in, in the future, considering they're moving to the Big 12 also after this year? Well, I, I think that you have to, Kenny Dillingham, look, I'm impressed with him. I, I did the opener when they you know, beat Southern Utah after that, what, two-and-a-half, three-hour <laughs> lightning delay we had on that Thursday night. But he's yeah. an impressive guy. He's a smart offensive coach. And you look at the track record, wherever he's been, certainly at Oregon, what he did for Bo Nix, Florida State, wherever he's been, he's been able to do things. And I think he will at Arizona State. It's just going to take some time because he inherited a program in a tough spot, right? Coming off the, the Herm Edwards situation, and Herm was let go early last year with this cloud hovering over the program. But now I think you have some clarity finally in terms of the direction of the program. And I do think that Kenny's the right guy, but time will tell if he indeed is the right coach for Arizona State. He's certainly impressive, but it's just, I know people hate this word, but you're going to have to have patience with him at Arizona State. It's going to take a little time. UVA. Uh, I think the UVA has proven it can beat the bad opponents the last couple of years, <laughs> but what must, what must the UVA do better to you know, you know, be at least the decent or good teams remaining on the schedule? Well, unfortunately, they will. we won't have a better handle on it this week because Stanford right now is in the same boat in a lot of ways Arizona State is in terms of a rebuild mm-hmm. with Troy Taylor taking over. Uh, but for this week, Arizona's just got to do what they do and be and try to build on and get better because they've got some talent. You look at the receivers, certainly the quarterback, and the question for Jed Fish has been the defense. And it's still, I think, a work in progress on that side of the ball. I think the talent level is better defensively. And they've gotten incrementally better, right, in each year. And he inherited a rough situation where they were lucky to win one game his first year. Then there was an improvement last year, and you're hoping he can take a step forward this year. And we'll see as this plays out. But uh, this is a game that they should be able, even though it's on the road, be able to go into Stanford and win and try to build some confidence and momentum going forward. Who you got on Saturday? You got a game I'm on Saturday? baseball duty this weekend, actually. Oh, so right. I am. Okay. I am right in the guts of pennant race baseball. Uh, yeah. I did the Astros and Orioles Tuesday night. I'm headed to Texas Ooh. tonight. I've got the Rangers and Mariners Friday, Saturday. Then Sunday night baseball. I got the Giants and Dodgers in L.A. Oh, that's not bad at all there. Why can't the Astros win home games? (laughs) It's it's so weird, right? Because they're so good on the road. But for whatever reason, I mean, they just lost two or three to Baltimore. And their lead is a half a game in the division. And for the defending World Series chance, it's funny. I was talking to Dusty Baker about this, Bob, and he just wishes there's more of a sense of urgency in his clubhouse. Like he yeah. feels it. He knows, okay, he's looking back, and the Mariners and the, and the Rangers are right on his heels. But the guys in the clubhouse aren't panicking. It's probably because they've been through this before. They've been to the ALCS six straight years. But they're going to have to win some playoff games at home, and they're going to have to figure that out. Even though they've got the second-best road record in baseball, you got to find a way to win home games, and that's what, for some reason, they just haven't been able to do that this year in Houston. All right, excellent teaser there, Roxy, because I'm going to cover some baseball in the next two segments. So excellent job there. Even You're so good, you didn't even know you were, you were that good at the time. So, all right, good stuff as always. I'm sure we'll be talking. Thanks. You got it, Bob, anytime. Roxy Bernstein, Pac-12 Network and ESPN on baseball duty this weekend. 